We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the Batmoles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm your host. And for the next hour, we're going to excite, entertain, elucidate, and educate you with news, information, and exciting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. It's a geek world now, and it's ours. All right, well, first, some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. So, season two, turns out, will be the last for Marvel's Iron Fist as Netflix announced cancellation of the martial arts series. In a joint statement, Marvel and Netflix said, Everyone at Marvel Television and Netflix is proud of the series and grateful for all the hard work from our incredible cast, crew, and showrunners. We're thankful to the fans who have watched these two seasons and for the participation we've shared on this series. The statement also noted that the character will, and I quote, live on. Speculation as to whether that means more appearances for Iron Fist in the other Marvel shows or Netflix, possibly even Disney's uh, new streaming service is unknown. Uh, This is the first cancellation for any of the Marvel series on Netflix. It was also reported earlier this week that DC Comics' Secret Six is in development as a dramatic series for CBS. The project has received a commitment for production of a pilot, which will be written and executive produced by Rick uh, Miragui. Bill Lawrence and Jeff Engold are also executive producing. Uh, Miragui most recently worked as executive producer and writer of Suits on the USA Network. Lawrence is the creator of Scrubs on ABC. The comic source material has a long history that dates back to the Silver Age. The most recent comics incarnation of the Secret Six are a team of supervillains blackmailed into working together by a mysterious figure known as Mockingbird. The comics were originally created by E. Nelson Birdwell and Frank Springer. More recent incarnations have been written by Marty Pasco and Gail Simone and illustrated by Dan Spiegel, Dale Eaglesham, Brad Walker, and Nicola Scott. Former Guardians of the the Galaxy director James Gunn is in talks with Warner Brothers to write and possibly direct Suicide Squad 2. You may recall that Gunn was dismissed this summer by Disney following the reemergence of a large number of provocative tweets posted between 2008 and 2012 involving such topics as rape and pedophilia. Suicide Squad 2 had been in development with Gavin O'Connor, who is no longer associated with the project. The hiring of Gunn would be a substantial move for Warner Brothers, as the DC Extended Universe, based on their comics, has not been nearly as well received by fans and mundanes as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. More on this story as it continues to develop. This week, 
The CW released fans' first look at actress Ruby Rose in full Batwoman costume. The character will be a part of the Arrowverse, so named for the first of the DC comic shows on the CW, Arrow, based on Green Arrow. You can see the picture on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, uh, follow us on Facebook and uh, like us on Twitter. Uh, we love to be liked and we like to be followed. So uh, today on the show, we are going to be uh, taking a look at uh, some of the news that I just mentioned, and uh, also uh, going over some stories that I did not mention. And I would very much like to introduce my panelists. Uh, we have Brandon Troy. Uh, Brandon? Say hello. <laughs> what's up, what's up? <laughs> and we have uh, Emily Witten. Come on in the booth, Emily, and sit down. <laughs> Wait, uh, we'll, 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 even, we'll even give you a mic. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Brandon. Yo. There up, you guys? go. All right. And through the miracle of technology, we also should be joined by Mike Lunsford uh, of uh, the Great Geek Refuge. Mike, are you there? I am indeed. There you go. All right. So we have everybody. <laughs> and we're doing a live show, which we haven't done in several weeks. So uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have everybody here. All right. So, um, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, of the stories that we were just talking about, and, uh, you know, M, you were at something of a disadvantage because you're just walking in the door. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I tell you what, um, you know, since I know that uh, it's, uh, and I'm going to say this with my tongue in cheek, uh, it's a favorite of Mike's. Uh, let's lead uh, with that first story about the cancellation of uh, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it. I'm still really upset about it. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I legitimately, I know a lot of people gave it flack um, in its first season, and understandably so. I actually, like, w without being a horrible hack here, um, I did a review of it on Great Geek Refuge. So if you go to greatgeekrefuge.com and you click on articles, there's an article right there where I talk about season two of Iron Fist and how immensely better it was than the first season. And... I'm not going to give spoilers because we don't do that on Fantastic Forum. But like, <laughs> of course not. Thank you there's, so much. <laughs> there's there's an incredible ending to this series. To, or Well, now it's to the series. But like to this season, they do things in this season that speak directly to all of the issues people had with it. And not even like a little bit where it's like a quick mention. No, they take everything that was criticized and they say, okay, cool. Here was your issue with it. Here's how we're fixing it. And they do that and they do it creatively, respectfully, and like it's still interesting and exciting and they leave you on this awesome – I wouldn't even say cliffhanger, but they leave you with like wanting more where you're like, man – that's going to be awesome for season three. But, eh, womp womp. That's not <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, man. At uh, the same time, though, um, I I've had a lot of people who have, like, you know, kind of pulled me back from the edge and been like, Mike, it's going to be okay. Because um, we found out at BaltimoreCon that Mike Coulter, um, Luke Cage himself, has even said, and this is before they announced that Iron Fist season three was not going to happen that they're already looking at trying to do some different things, like to mix up the way that the lineups look, to mix up the characters. So we may see things like Daughters of the Dragon. 
uh, where we see Misty Knight and Colleen Wing working together, where we see Danny and Luke Cage doing Heroes for Hire. And honestly, as long as the character is still in the universe, which is ultimately what they said, I'm happy with it. As long as we get to see more of his progression because he was finally starting to move in the right direction. And it's a shame to see it move. So, I mean, like it, it broke a record on Rotten Tomatoes, the biggest turnaround from season one to season two, as far as ratings go. And really? it was like, yeah, yeah it was it was 19 percent in season one and then 53 percent in mm-hmm. season two. So like massive improvement. And to see that much improvement and then them to say, you know what, we're, we're not doing this anymore. It's kind of disappointing. But I'm sure that Marvel's got something up their sleeve. Hmm. Do we know where it uh, actually uh, stood in terms of numerical ratings in comparison to the other uh, Netflix shows and the other Marvel Netflix shows specifically? Anybody got any uh, information on that? No. I mean, if you want to look at that. Come on, you guys are the brain trust here. I've got the internet right in front of me. Allow me to take a look at this. I can tell you right now, if you're looking at the way that the Rotten Tomatoes rankings work, that Uh, Iron Fist is pulling up the the rear on all of them. Like, 19 and 53 is still the lowest two seasons of any of the series Mm. by far. Mm. Like, Jessica Jones is always well-received. Luke Cage is well-received. Daredevil just blows it out of the water every single time. Mm -hmm. Punisher was really, really well-received. So Iron, Iron Fist really was pulling up the rear in all of these. So, like, it wasn't even it's not even close either if i remember correctly mm, i got you all right. well i was gonna say there's mm-hmm. something to be said about that uh you know i everything you said i i, I agree with and, and it's too bad it's kind of bittersweet that that it did that it's now ended uh in the way that it has but there is something to be said about um the use of a character and sometimes you know less is more because i mean even in the what we got from uh iron fist in the season of Luke Cage, like I felt that 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 those episodes that he was in, you know, uh, worked really worked really well. And I mean, the same can be said even if we're thinking if we're thinking over into the cinematic universe, you know, they didn't really find a way to make Hulk work uh, until uh, they started pairing him up in other films and just putting him in Avengers films. Like when he had his own individual adventures. I mean, don't get me wrong. The uh, Ed Norton film is is fine. I you know I, yeah, I enjoy it I have better a than. I fondness for that one. Yeah, I mean I enjoy but, it better. But than, you're still right about yeah. your point. But I have a fondness for that one. Yeah, yeah no, I mean I like it. I mean I obviously enjoy it better than the the uh, uh, Banna one. Uh, Ang yeah. Uh, Ang Lee. But yeah, I think they may they may have found by by kind of peppering him in other things may be the way to go versus him having his own show. Oh yeah, um, I think so we'll you're, I think you're absolutely onto it, and that Hulk comparison is dead on. Like, the Hulk was better when he was a piece instead of the focal point. Right. Whereas with Danny Rand, we may see, and again, not giving away what happens, but if we see something with him where we're getting pieces of him, because like you said, he was great in Luke Cage. Like he was a completely different person from season one of Iron Fist. You were like, wow, I actually like this. <laughs> I, I, knowing how you right. feel about that, Mike, when Brandon started talking about it, I was like, Mike is wetting himself over there. He's so excited. <laughs> what he's well, okay, maybe not wetting himself. Right? <laughs> Jumping up and down. That was a I, very poor uh, way to describe I, what was going on with you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fine. You know, sometimes you get excited, you can't control yourself. It happens. Um, <laughs> It's I, I'm 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 in total agreement. I, I I liked this character a lot, but I mean to that to that end though, I even said it in my article. I specifically state that like there's there's issues with this character of it being a played out trope. Like 
that whole like 1970s white savior like I'm going to go and learn an Eastern philosophy and all of a sudden I'm going to be the chosen one thing. Yeah. That's, that's an old, that is an old school trope that is like played out big time. And for them to come into this and have so much critique against it and them just kind of be like, eh, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know? And everybody was like, well, we're going to give it horrible reviews. And Marvel was like, oh yeah, that's right. You guys can do that. Can't you? <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it, it sticks with Marvel's general principle of we're not going to screw with these characters. Like you don't see them – I mean for both good and bad. They don't whitewash characters for the most part. And then on the flip side, you're not going to see them flip another character. Like Danny would have been a perfect example of one that you could have done. And honestly, in the 21st century, we're trying to be more evolved than this. We're trying to correct these quote-unquote sins of the past. And they really had a good opportunity to do that with Iron Fist. And mm-hmm. they – and again, I, I, I can't give it away, but there's some stuff they do in season two that really addresses you that. You want to give it away, though? I can tell. So you want to give it away? I haven't. I haven't seen. So badly. It. I have. I haven't watched. In fact, I just got done watching um, Luke Cage. Oh wow! Which was eh, okay, I guess. Um, I'm a bit behind on like everything, but just to yeah. um, with Mike's point there. I think it's very important in current times to have inclusive characters, you know, different races, genders, sexual orientations, creeds, all of that is very important. But there's also something to be said for if you can still make a character work without messing up its origins, his or her origins, you know, creating new characters instead of changing every single old character to fit a new mold because sometimes it's done well and sometimes it doesn't work because the character was formed around a particular long yeah long history that you know just flipping that whatever it is gender or uh, race or whatever it is it doesn't fully translate and I feel like it doesn't do what you're trying to do justice as much as perhaps creating a whole new character sure. that embodies that from the beginning would do. Mm-hmm. There I think you go. It, it can be <laughs> there you go. Yes. Either yeah. way, I mean, look, Nick Fury, okay? That was awesome. Nick Fury was awesome. I have no problems with Nick Fury. That was great. But it has to be done right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, real quick, uh, only because I don't want to... Uh, well, I guess first, <laughs> you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 <laughs> FM, Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Brandon Troy, Emily Witten, and Mike Lunsford. We are talking about uh, some of the current events taking place in the comic, science fiction, uh, television, movie realm, and... Uh, what was just announced actually yesterday was the cancellation of Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. We were talking a little bit about that. So um, just to uh, conclude this point before we move on, uh, a couple of people mentioned some things. Uh, I think uh, the Hulk and the fact that uh, those Hulk, because the Hulk traditionally has been one of the most popular Marvel characters, along with Spider-Man and actually uh, Captain America. And Captain America wasn't especially popular up until Steve Englehart got a hold of him in the 70s, and then that started being one of the better-selling books. But uh, as it was pointed out, despite his history, very robust history, the fact that there was the Kenneth Johnson television show with Bill Bixby that was on TV for so long that you know sort of uh, ingratiated the character with um, popular culture and uh, viewers, uh, those Hulk movies, they haven't been able to buy a good Hulk movie, or excuse me, a successful Hulk movie, because <laughs> I've enjoyed uh, all the ones they've had out. But 
uh, the point that was made about pairing the character with other characters and having that character now appear as part in, in other platforms and other projects. This could be a new life for Iron Fist. Maybe they'll even put Finn Jones in a costume. I guess we'll have to see, but I I, I think there's a point there. Uh, the other thing Mike mentioned uh, how this whole. Uh, white savior thing is a played out trope. Yes, it is, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's not going to continue to be used. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, regrettably, uh, even though we have seen that, uh, we continue to see it. And uh, who knows? Maybe if there's uh, some producer type listening, we need uh, some sort of flip on that played out trope. Maybe well, I'll do something myself with a new character. Can I, can I, can <laughs> yes. I give? Can I give a, like a something that I wrote in my article that I actually thought might have been an, an, an interesting idea with this? Um, uh, only if it's quick. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. So like the big thing with with Danny Rand is like he's a fish out of water and he doesn't quite fit in New York because he's been gone from New York for twelve to fifteen years. He doesn't really fit in Kunlun because he's the only white kid in Kunlun. So he doesn't fit in any of the worlds that he's lived in. And you very easily could have played up on this if you made the Danny Rand character half white, half Asian, because mm-hmm. it would have been the exact same thing. Uh, they don't accept me because I'm not fully Asian, and the white crowd doesn't accept me because I'm not fully white. And that would have been such an easy way to tie that in, but also update the character and give it a little bit more credibility. Mm. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know how I feel about all of that. I know I, it's, it's just an idea. I'm not saying it's gospel. I'm just and saying I'm not it's saying it's a bad idea. I mean, I would rather see that though with some other, you know, maybe the 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 steel dragon instead of the iron fist or something. Anyway, look, moving right along. So there was an article that came out uh, earlier this week, uh, the Daily Beast. And a very interesting piece. Mark Ebner uh, wrote it. He's the same one who wrote this earlier uh, big expose on Stan Lee, you know, talking about how uh, all the, um, uh, the, 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 I don't even know how to describe it, all this stuff that was uh, surrounding this guy, who did the chairman emeritus of Marvel, you know, who is responsible uh, or who claims responsibility for so much of uh, what the Marvel Universe has become. But he was surrounded by a bunch of people who uh, did not necessarily uh, mean him good and who were sort of uh, taking advantage of him. And uh, and now apparently he's not. His daughter, uh, JC, uh, is, is uh, back in the picture uh, full time. And so uh, Ebner sat down with uh, Stan uh, and uh, JC and also uh, a new attorney uh, who is uh, apparently handling stuff uh, on behalf of uh, Stan Lee. So did it, did any of you guys read that? Piece? I did actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, well, what'd you think? It's uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm sad for, I like it. It just reads like, you know, he's an older man who needs more care now. And he, like many 95-year-old people, is just, you know, needs assistance and doesn't know every single thing that's going on. And there were a number of people who may have been exploiting him, Mm -hmm. hangers-on, etc., circling around him. And some of them had been with him for years. Uh, I met Stan Lee a couple of times, and one of the times I met him, Max was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And other times I've seen him 
Max was around. Yeah, Max had been and, a guy who was his yeah, major domo there for I a mean, long time. I mean, like, yeah. I was never clear on exactly... When I met him, it seemed like Max was sort of his assistant slash head of security sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was at the... we. I, I had dinner at the Harvey's, and I was at Stan's table um, the year that he got his Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. And I will say two things about that. One... First, there was a cocktail party beforehand, and I got to talk with Stanley. And the first thing he said is, "Oh, are you? You know, once we introduced each other, oh, what are you working on? Are you writing something?" And he was genuinely interested in what I might be writing, and it was lovely. And we had a nice ten-minute conversation. I feel like, um, and then I sat at his table, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to talk to him too much because we were across the table. But I congratulated him on his award, and Max was there. And I don't know Max, but I just got a kind of a slimy a feeling. I did. Him, huh? I mean, I didn't say anything because what would oh, you of say? Not. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, and he was clearly, like, and this was several years ago. I want to say mm. it was, when did he get his 2011, 12, something like something that, like maybe? That, yeah. It was a while ago. And, you know, Stan was fine. He was, he was looked healthy. He seemed all, you mm. know, he was, because this was a few years ago. Yeah, well, um, and his wife Joan was still alive then, Yeah, too, yeah, you know? but and I didn't, I didn't get a great yeah. feeling mm-hmm. about Max, who apparently, I, anyway, Anyway, um, and then another time I met Stan Lee when he was working on the Guardians project with the hike, the hockey um, comics and everything. Mm, and again, mm. he was he was lovely. We had a nice little chat. And but this was when he was clearly fully mentally right. in capacity. And I'm not saying he's not, but in this article, it just sounded like at this point, you know, somebody make sure that somebody's handling his affairs well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's right. His daughter is next in line to inherit whatever fortune there is. You know, I, it sounds like it's still very substantial despite people trying to rob him of things potentially mm-hmm. or whatever happened. Um, and so if he's happy with it and she's happy with it, the key is that he's not being harmed. And, mm, yeah. you know, elder abuse is a an easy-to-hide, et cetera, thing because they're not able to care for themselves all the time. Mm. So I hope that that's the case now. I hope she's taking care of him and everything. And I just, the thing that made me sad is that nobody super knows for sure, except for the people who are right there. Mm. And so hopefully that, you know, at this point, he's done a lot for this world and the comics world, especially. And I just hope that he has a nice, peaceful rest of his time and nobody tries to exploit him more because why yeah. why are people so bad oh i hear you yeah. <laughs> well the one thing um and i've uh, i've only met him once in passing at comic-con i mean i've seen him but you know they they won't let me near him <laughs> you know it's like oh, that terrible guy why you know um i would love to uh, be able because i got one question that i would like to ask him and i've been dying to and if anybody can facilitate this or even if you get me an answer fine i'd like to know how it feels uh, after so many years of promoting and pushing comics to finally uh, sort of have the validation of this stuff being as popular as it is you know I mean because he from the from when uh, Roy Thomas came in as editor-in-chief at Marvel or in fact there wasn't even a position I mean Stan asked him what do you want to be I mean now I've talked to Roy Thomas he's told me about this but you know he's like he said what do you want to be I mean he gave him the choice you could be executive editor or editor-in-chief or whatever and you know and Stan was out in Hollywood and was they would have given the rights away to these characters for a song and in some cases did and um 
you know, but now, I mean, this is modern day mythology and he is, uh, I mean, I hate to put it like this, it's not going to make me especially popular, but he's the last guy breathing who was in a lot of these rooms and he can say whatever he wants about what, what I, I wasn't there, I can't contradict him, I don't know what Martin Goodman said or Jack Kirby or whomever, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. so anyway, uh, but uh, you know, certainly his, uh, his contribution to uh, modern popular culture is indisputable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've had enough experience just in my own family, uh, you know, with situations where uh, uh, elderly relatives have been, um, you know, taken advantage of by caregivers and family members having to step in and this kind of thing. You know, it's a, it's a very odious kind of thing. And so uh, that, that someone who is as noteworthy as this guy could have it happen, that just reinforces can happen to anybody. Well, and mm. you know, I mean, this isn't about well, comics. Yeah, when, I was going to say, when, just like you were saying, in terms of like the influence that he has provided, when, when money comes into play, you know, <laughs> all you bets are off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Adult Protective Services in San Francisco said as much to me. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think, I mean, this mm. is not specifically about comics, but just I think sometimes people who don't, who are not older, uh, have lost respect for the older people who can't do everything themselves anymore. And I think we should all recognize that if we live that long, we're going to be those people one day. And mm. so we should treat our elders with respect and care mm. because someday we'll have to hope someone does that for us mm. if mm -hmm. we live that long, if mm. we are fortunate. So, uh, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So it's anyway, you know, so uh, Stanley, uh, it was Kirk Schink is the attorney now, you know, who's, and it was, it's, it's a wonderful piece. I mean, if you haven't seen it, uh, like I said, it's on the Daily Beast and uh, certainly uh, very well worth taking a look at. So, anyway, hey, look. Um, uh, we're going to go to another one here. Actually, this one I think I'm going to save <laughs> for a minute because it's, it's a little meatier here. Ooh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, Secret Six, when, you know, they, oh, yeah. of course, they came out with uh, Suicide Squad, similar kind of concept, team of supervillains. And I said, well, I would have preferred to see the Secret Six. Well, it looks like Yuli's going to get his wish because <laughs> the Secret Six is in development as a drama series uh, with CBS. And, um, you know, and I was surprised because I was looking up a little bit about uh, The Secret Six because I was only familiar with the most recent incarnation uh, that was written by the great Gail Simone. But uh, turns out this thing has been around since the Silver Age of comics, you know, in some form or fashion. So um, in any case, uh, the guy who did suit, well, the guy who was the executive producer and writer on Suits and the guy who created Scrubs mm -hmm. are the ones who are going to be doing it. Two, two shows I am not familiar with at all. So, and I don't know whether these guys are comics fans or whatever the deal is, but, uh, you know, I, I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. What, what, what do we think about that? Brandon, you haven't said as much. Oh, uh, well. I, I'm probably I'm, I may pass it on to Emily because with Secret Six I, I, I'm I know of them but in terms of being like incredibly well versed with you know their history um, m uh, more than likely uh, not so I'll pass the baton to you. Did you ever read um, that? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I, I I I may have. I mean, just thinking back because I've. There's been so many that I've read. Okay, over no, time, no, no, I ain't trying to put you on the spot. No, you know, no, no, just, no. Mm. Yeah, um, I've seen a little bit of Suits and a little bit of Scrubs here and there, and mm. both are interesting, funny dra drama, you know, but also fun and and 
kind of enmeshing all of the different characters' lives and things like that. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, good potential there. And, um, I, you know, Secret Six, I know that people, characters have cycled in and out, but I would be most interested in seeing, of course, Harley Quinn, because I'm a fan of Harley <laughs> Quinn. But also Lex Luthor, at certain points, was part of Secret Six. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know other ones like Bane and, and everything, and the Penguin, and Mad Hatter. But I'm Lex Luthor uh, hasn't really been well-portrayed live-action since Smallville, which I hmm. really loved the young Lex Luthor Smallville portrayal. Mm-hmm. As we all know, I'm a fan of Smallville and all of its amazing ups and downs you and weirdness and craziness. You are a huge fan. <laughs> fan I am. I, lo- I love Smallville. <laughs> and, I, and I think uh, Michael Rosenbaum was a great Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. young Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I would love to see a new portrayal of Luthor uh, on or hey, get him back to play him again. You know, different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's planning to. Yeah, come he's back. died and been cloned and whatever. No spoilers, haha. Um, but if you haven't <laughs> seen Smallville by now, pff, get to it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it would be interesting to see a new Lex Luthor. I don't have any idea if they have the capability to get Margot uh, Ro- Robbie. Robbie. Robbie yeah. You know, because it's television, I suspect none of right. the movie people, you know, would be uh, yeah, a- associated would think not. with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it'd be interesting. I mean, Suicide Squad, Secret Six, they're somewhat similar concepts, but DC has a good potential here because, as Brandon was saying, not everybody knows that much about the Secret Six stuff. It could be a Guardians of the Galaxy type situation where... You know, you can have take a few more liberties with it, and comics fans won't get quite so up in arms. Hmm. And so perhaps they could stretch uh, their creative wings a little more than with some of the characters and and some of the shows they've done. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't imagine that uh, they're not going to have Lex Luthor. I mean, me personally, I I, I wouldn't really. I, I, I would rather not see him with the team dynamic that I like. I'm a big fan of uh, Catman and, in fact, Deadshot was a member of Secret Six at the point at which I was looking at it. Um, Also, um, oh, what's her face? Who was uh, um, uh, involved with Wally West? Um, I can't think of the character's name, but it's something like Poison or something. That's not it, but, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the type. In fact, like, she's she's poisonous. I mean, the very character or whatever. Uh, And, um, oh, um, uh, Ragdoll was in it. Oh, Ragdoll, yeah. Uh, He was very interesting, Mm -hmm. and... um, uh, oh crap! There was uh, another. I want to say uh, it was actually um, somebody who might have been like in uh, uh, Suicide Squad, the um, the magic user person or something. Oh, you know, I'm oh, thinking. Um, was, yeah, I was iffy about her in Suicide yeah, Squad. You know, um, but, but that's another part of it too. Is if if they want to succeed, perhaps they will try their best not to cross characters over because. We've already seen those characters, you know, and we're going to be seeing them again, and p- potentially in Suicide Squad too. At least uh, Harley Quinn and Deadshot have been, you know, rumored. Oh wait, um, don't though. Let's not get ahead sorry, of ourselves. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. to that. It's exciting, but yeah. Um, Mike, do you have any thoughts on that? I just, I mean, I don't know much about the Secret Six, but like the, it just seems kind of like it's another Suicide Squad, and. Mm-hmm. Whether that one came out first or Suicide Squad came out first or whatever, like it just—it's like, do we really need another version of this? Me- essentially, the same basic principle coming out again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately, like I'm—I I'm, feel like all of these comic book shows and all of the cartoons and TV shows and movies—it's like a buffet. You're like, hey, the more the more choices, the merrier. <laughs> um, and that's fine. But it's like 
it's kind of like if you go to a Chinese buffet and you see General Tso's chicken and sesame chicken. They're essentially the same thing. <laughs> and it's like you're like you're like oh hey that's oh, oh, oh hey that, I, I like that what you got on your plate there. That looks like that Suicide Squad. No 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 no. This is Sinister Six. This is completely different. <laughs> no, it kind of looks like it's the same. No, but it's different. Okay, all right, fine. If you yeah. say so. Like it's yeah. That guy's got pork. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so look, uh, it's time for us to take a short break. Uh, remind everybody that WERA is a community radio station. That means we're non-commercial, among other things. Uh, we rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and our listeners for the totality of the operation of the radio station. You can find out more about this wonderful local institution by visiting the website at WERA.FM. In any case, I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. This is fantastic forum here on WERA and uh, we'll be right back right after this don't go away all right and welcome back to the fantastic forum here on WERA 96.7 FM Radio Arlington we are your community radio station. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and I'm joined in studio today by Brandon Troy and Emily Witten. And via the miracle of technology, we also have Mike Lunsford. And uh, when we last... Well, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to dress that up. It's like, when last we left our <laughs> stalwart panel... Uh, we were starting to talk about uh, a new. Well, actually, we were moving on from Secret Six um, to uh, James Gunn. Who, Again. Uh, yes, as many of you remember, uh, James Gunn was fired by Disney uh, for some uh, very uh, provocative tweets that he made uh, that were posted between 2008 and 2012. Uh, some dealing with, and he said he was joking, but some dealing with. Uh, topics that uh, are not especially funny, like pedophilia and rape. And uh, so he was fired, despite the fact that... Well, okay, he was fired. I don't want to uh, imply that I'm mitigating it by saying any despite this or that, or the fact that he apologized and his Guardians of the Galaxy uh, cohorts uh, were in support of him. You know, I mean, uh, Disney made a business decision, and it's not my place to... Uh, either support it or repute it. But in any case, the man was fired, is what happened. And now he's in talks with uh, Warner Brothers uh, to possibly take over as writer and uh, director on the sequel to Suicide Squad, big movie with uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith uh, that uh, made over $700 million worldwide uh, off of a $175 million budget. And um, so, all right. What do we uh, What do we think about that, Mike? You didn't uh, You didn't chime in much towards the end, so we'll start as, with you. As far as like James Gunn, like the, and this is going to tie in maybe later, but there there's another incident that happened with another writer. That, that's exactly the same. <laughs> Yeah, Emily's got it pulled yeah. up here. <laughs> yeah, see, it's what I'm doing is I'm teasing for the future. See, that's yes. that's, that's a pro ah. move there, kids. In case anybody wants to know how to do that, um, but what, it's it's kind of a disturbing trend that we're seeing. That like I understand what 
James Gunn did and what everybody's perception of how bad this was, what he did. But like there, there comes a point where and, – and to be perfectly honest, I don't know what the line is. I, I really don't anymore. I don't know where you draw the line with what you can ha- – what you could have said in the past, what you can say now and, and still fall under the category of free speech. But also at the same time, your employer can just be like, we don't like what you're saying, so you're fired. It, it, it's just a very, very fine line and I, I think it's – I think DT is genius, honestly, like to, to – say hey James Gunn why don't you come work for us and like I with them struggling as much as they have to kind of catch up to Marvel I'm almost wondering if they were like listen tweet whatever the hell you want we don't care like it's not going to affect us as long as, as, long it's as good publicity get, exactly as long as you can get you can get butts and seats man that's all we care about like it's it, it was a genius move on their part to hire him because again it, it basically makes I wouldn't say makes Marvel look bad but it, it shows that DC uh, slash Warner Brothers is more focused on just getting a good product out there. And I think that really ultimately more fans care about that than they do about old tweets. Well, okay. Uh, before we uh, before we say anything else, I feel obligated to say a couple of things because I, I absolutely intellectually, I understand the idea that you expressed, but here's the thing. So... Um, Sometimes it, 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 the slope isn't necessarily all that slippery. Part of it depends on what your job is and who employs you. I mean, if you are slinging burgers at McDonald's, uh, probably your the assistant manager isn't checking your face your sorry your Instagram page, <laughs> you know, because that's what you got if you're doing that. But uh, so. Uh, maybe for that it doesn't but when you are uh, one of the people who is the face of a multi-billion dollar franchise um, and you know granted it's got all kinds of different people who are associated with it but you have to be uh, some and I'm not even gonna say even somewhat circumspect I mean if you've read any any of these tweets that the guy was putting out back there between 2008 and 2000 sometimes the some of the stuff was totally outrageous I know it's okay. awful. It was yeah, absolutely I mean, horrendous. and and you know, there's no statute of limitations on on that. You know, to where oh, all right, well, you know, freedom of speech doesn't infringe, and and they're not saying he can't say it. They're just saying, well, if you do, we're gonna fire you <laughs> for it. You know, is all it is. So it isn't even necessarily inf- an infringement of free speech. But the more dangerous thing that I think here, because uh, and I look, uh, you know, of course, we're we're broadcasting from Arlington, Virginia, very close to Washington D.C. Uh, within the past two weeks, uh, the whole country has been rocked by some stuff that was going on here. You had the Senate Judiciary uh, mm-hmm. uh, Committee that was um, listening to testimony in connection with the uh, nomination of a justice to the Supreme Court, highest court in the land. And um, this guy had been accused of uh, sexual assault, and it happened uh, a number of years ago. Uh, and you got some people who are saying, oh my goodness, well, this is terrible and he shouldn't be seated to the Supreme Court. And then you got some people who are saying, oh, well, boys will be boys and this was X number of years ago and what difference does it make now? And she's making it up anyway, you know, because of course, uh, a false accusation of sexual assault, it's a huge problem. It's about as big a problem as, I don't know, voter fraud in this country, right? So, um, 
you know, there's that, and there's a whole segment of the population now that uh, is, you know, saying that young men need to carry body cameras and all this kind of thing, you know, when uh, we're talking about something that essentially, I, I mean, let's face it, I mean, I was tongue-in-cheek a second ago, false accusation of sexual assault, that is not a huge problem, and of all the different ways that you could potentially try and jam a guy up, I don't know that that would be the number one that a lot of women would try. Uh, because no. it is not without a certain degree of damage to the accuser. Yeah, I so, totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look yeah, what happened to Doctor yeah. Ford. I mean, she had to change her address. She's had death threats. Yeah, over she still something, can't go home. You know, over I mean, over something that she said. This is what I remember happening, and people are threatening her over over that. Like yeah. this isn't like a uh, you. Just the fact that people are trying to say that you made this up, like that, then that's the one thing I want to make a point with with all this too. I I am in total agreement with you with what you're saying. No, no, and in, I understand this. this, context, this yeah, this yeah. certainly wasn't something that was made up. I mean, and I'm not yeah. really comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges, but there's a certain climate that all of this exists in to where this is even something that uh, is considered problematic, where it wasn't before. You know. Well, and it's it's tricky because. I am definitely one who doesn't ever want to have a double standard for things. Mm -hmm. And I know that as a fan of, you know, things that people have put out, sometimes we are more inclined to say, oh, but we really like that thing they did. And, you know, that's dangerous, too. And so, I mean, obviously, in the different contexts you're saying, like in the political context, and also it, it's a little apples and oranges in the sense that highest judiciary seats in the <laughs> land versus guy yeah. making comics movies. But well, uh, those kind of, you might say the guy making the comics movies, that's more important to a lot of well, people. But I'm, but I'm saying it's still you can't have a double standard yeah. where you say in this instance, we should be this harsh. And then in that instance, we like them better. Oh, exactly. So it, sh it like should you be can this, fire, this harsh. You but, can fire James Gunn for saying some bad things on Twitter, but Kavanaugh gets uh, confirmed like it's no big deal because they might potentially not be true. Yeah. Even though. Yeah, even though he stands up in front of everybody and acts like a, an insane person but and also, screams and yells. Yeah, like I mean, but also I can't sit there and say, well, I don't think, you know, he should have been appointed, but say, well, James Gunn should get a pass or something like that, because that's also not appropriate. In the, in the James Gunn situation, the one thing that I see as uh, positive on his side is that he grew as a person before all of this came out. He apologized yeah, and or I say he came acknowledged out and, and yeah before actually, yeah exactly. Um, can I can I mention that. the other the other one? That's the thing that the other person who got fired recently. So, <laughs> well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you do, um, <laughs> okay. uh, Brandon, finish your thought. You know, I was just saying that I and just jumping off of what Emily was saying um, that. I, if I recall, he had a very extensive like apology of those tweets and talking about how, you know, Guardians um, and over the course of doing Guardians and making it uh, change the type of person that he was. If I recall mm -hmm. correctly, I don't remember the exact quotes per se, but, you know, long story short, he basically said, you know, it, it allowed me to in the same way that the Guardians kind of grow throughout the course of that film allowed him in that same way to you know get out of that immature mindset that he had you know in in those at, around that time versus you know having a more mature outlook on how he approaches things um after doing guardians um and before you jump before you jump on uh -huh. that, emily uh another point that i was going to make is just out of just jumping just briefly off of politics and getting just in the business portion of it how ironic is it that we have uh james gunn uh, 
possibly doing Suicide Squad after you know all of these comments of, of and they, and they're they're validated of uh, DC trying to jump off of or, or uh, copy that uh, that formula <laughs> uh, of his films, and now you know we're coming full circle, and he he may possibly end up uh, doing you know the sequel i just find it just just the irony of that is just hilarious and then also <laughs> you know additionally uh the day and age that we live in now where we're talking about and, and and i'm i'm not you know in the marvel camp i'm not in the dc camp i like superhero properties period and just to have the idea that we're talking about you we just talked about on the show uh, a proper marvel property being in trouble and now talking about <laughs> DC having the coup of getting James Gunn. So like I I, I feel that we may be at a, a really interesting crossroads with DC where we're at a large fork in the road where things can go really great from this point or things can go really bad. And, and I'm saying really good because based off of things that I that I've uh, the, the things that I've seen from uh, Shazam you know stuff that they showed at mm-hmm. Comic-Con for that mm-hmm. and obviously the trailer and the brief amount of things the brief uh, scene that they showed from Wonder Woman and now having you know this this news of what they're doing with Suicide Squad and also I didn't even didn't even mention Aquaman like the whole tonal shift that we're seeing with those uh, with those three properties and then the potential tonal shift that we may be seeing with Suicide Squad, DC may be an interesting place where I can't believe I'm saying this. They may possibly have an opportunity to get their act together. Hmm. I, um, wait, wait one second. <laughs> You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Brandon Troy, Emily Witten, and Mike Lunsford, and I'm sorry, Emily. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I also, I can't believe I'm about to say, I agree with Brandon on that, because I'm all, I, you know, I go to the DC movies and then I get let down. Not on all of them, but a lot of the time. But I think uh, Mike was spot on saying DC was brilliant for hiring him away, and uh, or not away, but after after Marvel uh, fired him. And I think Brandon is spot on with the, with the potential for DC to kind of turn things around. And I will say also just, you know, Zach Levi as Shazam. I mean, come on, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm so excited for that movie. <clears throat> I've been a Zach Levi fan for ages. Oh, did you like so, Chuck? Oh, Were I love Chuck. Chuck. I was okay. a huge Chuck fan, yeah. And he's he's great, and I love what he did with Nerd HQ and the charity yeah, work that awesome. he did. Yeah, I've met him he's a, a good times. guy and also mm. uh, a really good actor. So, um, but I think Brandon is, has, has the right idea with the potential that DC has right now to uh to to turn things around and start going in another direction and not that i expect marvel to start floundering but now guardians of the galaxy 3 is kind of on this indefinite hold Mm -hmm. last i heard in the last couple of months Mm -hmm. because of what happened so one of their well they got nobody to do it (laughs) yeah one of their big popular you know group ensemble cast things is now kind of (laughs) but also i was going to say with james gunn uh too like from what I understand, he was going to be a large architect of what they were planning, yeah, not just with forward, the yeah. with mm-hmm. the you know the Avengers films like mm-hmm. on Earth, but with the the universe uh, galaxy wide. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely in a in a weird 
a, a, a weird spot. Might be an opportunity for Taika Waititi is what I hear. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we'll yeah. have to see what happens with I'd that. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, okay. All right, moving right along. So uh, we got our first look at actress Ruby Rose as Batwoman yes. mm-hmm. earlier this week or like late last week or something. I, I forget, but it was, and I thought it was great. I mean, I'll tell you what, and I've liked the Batwoman character uh, ever since they reintroduced her. Um, you know, I, that, uh, I think, was it uh, J.M., uh, J.M., uh, crap, I can't think of the artist's name, but this guy's Jim style. Tanks? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. His style is off the chain. It was perfect for this character. Uh, I thought some of the uh, some of the things that they were doing with her were very interesting. Uh, not the least of which was her sexuality, because that was mm-hmm. a little unusual in terms of the annals of uh, superheroes. It seems like you know that's either been an afterthought, or you know they're going to turn around and oh, let's see, uh, North Star, yes, you'll be gay now. You know? <laughs> Suddenly, but, yeah, you know, but this was uh, part of her part of her character conception you know? and uh, you know anything basically you you take it you sprinkle some bat on it you know and <laughs> that's probably something that's going to be pretty popular you know as uh, was evidenced by the way the character was received and Ruby Rose I mean I hadn't been particularly familiar with her I mean I saw her, I, I recognized her in Jurassic Park and I was like oh you're go- oh that's her all right why not you she's know? been in some stuff though she was in uh she was the with the mute in uh John Wick 2 the uh villain and oh, I didn't uh, really see that. And she was also in um, the Triple X sequel that the, oh, with, with Vin Diesel. I didn't see she was that. a part of that crew. <laughs> so there you go. But but no, like mm. uh, the things that I've seen with her have um, has me definitely excited for what they're you know doing with the Arrowverse, uh, so to speak. Um, now that I mean the thing, I'm, I'm glad that we have that character. I'm just bummed that this will be the closest that we will probably get to Batman since they all they essentially <laughs> Arrow is in in the you know the most basic in terms of what they're doing with the character uh, our version of Batman yeah. but if that's the closest that we get I'm very happy with, with Ruby being Batwoman. I, I gotta say it's funny to me because if you look at Green Arrow um, in the current universe as you said in the Arrowverse he's the closest to Batman and Green Arrow in back in Smallville was the one who started up all the Justice League stuff it's like <laughs> right. why, why wasn't he like what are they doing with him all the time they're like hey we could do more with this character and I don't know it's this cool but um also uh i the first thing first of all this loops right back into what i was saying earlier Mm. you know batwoman was created with a different gender uh or um, sexual orientation and that is one of the reasons that i like i love it when you already have it's baked into the material you don't have to switch it to something else or like suddenly iceman is gay or like whatever happens and everybody's going but what about all the continuity? I don't understand. And it, you know, but so this is a great example of what I was saying earlier that I like to see is this character that had differences from the beginning that people want to see now to see themselves represented. Also, when I saw the picture, the very first thing I looked at it is, is the suit functional? Is it usable? And it, it <laughs> does so look... so few superhero I mean, costumes are. <laughs> but comparatively, it looks pretty functional. And mm. the one thing I was unable to tell from the pictures I saw is whether there are heels on the boots, because that always is questionable. Well, if you, I mean, unless they're combat boot, boots or something, yeah. or some sort mm. of flexible, like... But 
when you put heels on boots, how are you going to run? I, I mean, I really? Come run on. and swing from ropes and climb right. walls. And come on. You know? <laughs> like, they they're, should all have running flats, okay? Yeah. Or something. I don't know. They're not even but. really good for kicking people, you know, no. despite what Yvonne Craig did on the old <laughs> Batman series. <laughs> Unless it's like, what is it, the donkey kick where you're kicking from behind? Yeah, I could see but, that being kind of rough. There. But, but mm. it, it's a really good looking costume. I love what they did with the cape, kind of red at the ends there. It's mm. really striking. And her design has always been really striking mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm excited about it and uh, and that actress I, I've seen her in other things I, I can't remember all of them now but I know when I saw her I was like oh yeah I like her I don't remember what from but I like her so mm-hmm. <laughs> she's good yeah I liked her too in, in that Jurassic Park thing I right. was like oh okay you know oh and Meg I'm sorry oh she was mm-hmm. indeed she was yeah, in fact, wait a minute. Maybe that was it. Maybe she wasn't in Jurassic Park at all. Oh, yeah, I, that didn't yeah. sound right, but I was Okay, just well, I knew, it was just some, I knew it was some movie I reviewed. <laughs> they did. It was like, yeah, The Meg. Yeah, okay. Take back everything I said. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. Hey, uh, before we, because we're almost out of time, and uh, I did not go to uh, Baltimore or to New York both of you guys did. Woo, <laughs> you know, we did. You should see their faces. They're just <laughs> gesticulating and gyrating and all this. So uh, <laughs> oh please, you know, tell me, tell me. Cheering, uh, we're cheering, Yuli. We're cheering. Okay, you know, in, in like in, in like <laughs> in like ninety seconds, <laughs> give me oh the God. rundown for how freaking great both of them were. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, I have some cool stuff to drop from uh, Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, I have such an entertaining conversation with Neil Adams. I can't wait to drop that. It's so great. Nice. Uh, He's a lot of. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, Neil Adams, uh, gosh, uh, um, uh, Aaron Gray, and she's great too. Uh, Brandon's point Sherilyn, to me, Sherilyn Fenn. Fenn. Ah. So I've got the Sherilyn Fenn panel ready to go because I moderated that. So I've got the recording for that, yeah. which was a lot of fun. And I interviewed her because like, I had to talk. I, I got like real sweaty with her and I had to talk The Wraith, which is a lot of people don't give credit for being like the film that came before The Crow. That's essentially the same exact storyline, but I, I like the film. It's not. It's very much a B-movie, but, but I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, New York Comic Con, um, having a chance to. It was my first time at New York Comic Con. What? Yeah. Um, uh, having a chance to, you know, speak with a whole bunch of folks from American Dad, um, uh, Family Guy. Those guys are insane, crazy, um, but in a good way. And uh, yeah, just just uh, ripping and running between, you know, events because they were like a week apart. So oh, that it was, was crazy. That was a, that was a crazy. It was turnover. like three days apart, really. If you yeah, if you went in time, true. it was like three days. True. So I yeah I, I did the Sherilyn Fenn panel. That was a lot of fun. I got to see a little bit of Trisha Helfer and a little bit of Zach Levi. Um, the Baltimore yearbook is always fun. You can take it around and get people to sign their art. And this year. Um, it uh, it was fun to. I actually got Neil Adams to to sign it. So um, so that was a lot of fun. There's always good stuff at Baltimore. I had dinner with some lovely people. Um, anytime you get to chat comics with John Ostrander, it's like uh. really freaking cool. <laughs> and Denny O'Neill, who won a great award at the Ringos. The Ringo Awards were a lot of fun. And I some, saw you and your man Tom. Uh, the yeah, pictures. yeah. And Katie you Cook. You look lovely, by the way. Oh, thank you. Katie Cook gave an amazingly great uh, Toastmistress or keynote or whatever they keynote speech. I guess mm. it was great. It was all about web comics and her history in the industry, mm. and she is. A lovely, entertaining, wonderful, talented person. Mm. So you that guys was went great. To the Harveys too, didn't you? 
the Harvey. No, I didn't go to the Harveys in, oh. in New York this year. Oh, I know okay. they were going on. There was a lot going on. So mm. New York, I got a bunch of American Gods and Good Omens coverage, which is really exciting. I'm super thrilled about both of those, and uh, and I got some other like different you know stage stuff and whatever. Mm. And then of course, can I talk about it, Yuli? Oh uh, yeah, you they, have to. They dropped the announcement for my graphic novel series. Woo! Woo! Mine Woo-hoo! and Ben Fisher's, my co-writer, mm. and our artist Michelle Wynn and uh, we are having a three volume graphic novel series coming out from Lion Forge spring 2019 all about tiny hamsters and the animal kingdom and uh, adventures and fun and friends and all kinds of stuff. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, we gotta bring up some more. Yeah, gotta have so, applause. Oh, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I, I was gonna say, I got re- real quick, Yuli, I got one more New York oh, Comic Con thing that was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a film called Overlord. If you guys have seen any trailers or footage for it, I had a chance to see it at New York Comic Con. This movie is awesome. It comes ah. out next month. We had a chance to see it a month early. Um, check it out. It, it, it's it's terrific. Oh, yeah, so I mean, I had a great time. Brandon had a great. We got yes. to hang out. We, we got did. to hang out. Yeah, we did. We hang out here too. But That's... yeah, I'm super excited for the graphic novel series. More news about that as it comes. Dun, dun. Cool. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show, and you can check that out if you happen to be well here in the Arlington area because we're on in New York and we're on in Baltimore and we're on in a whole bunch of other places. But you can find out uh, the local schedule by going to fantasticforum.tv. If you happen to be here in the Arlington area, it comes on at 8 p.m. tonight, Saturday, also 8 p.m. tomorrow, Sunday. And the show re-airs on uh, Wednesday, this show, the radio version, Wednesdays at 3. So um, real quick, uh, because we've got about another minute and 15 seconds, Uh Uh, Mike, Great Geek Refuge, you gave that website earlier, what's that again? I did. That is greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, podcasts, articles, the whole shebang, everything for all of your geeky, nerdy needs. There you go. All right. And uh, Brandon? Movers and Shakers Unlimited. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine. Um, yeah. There you go. All right. And Emily on the anchor list. Yeah, I'm the Emily ESSE everywhere on all the social media. I write for Comic Mix, Movers and Shakers, another one coming up. And you can also find the press release for the new graphic novel series if you Google Lion Forge the Underfoot. Ooh, that's going to be some good stuff. Yeah. All right. Hey, and uh, we're also going to try and get Emily back because that deserves its own entire episode Whee! talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're all so excited. We'll get Ben and Michelle on here, too. It'll be great. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, so uh, thanks again. And uh, remember, tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat station. <laughs>